or without internet. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. And the news brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is simple, so you can understand the details. Be sure you're getting the right mortgage. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage comp. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. I was supposed to have Clark Judge, but uh, our producer's trying, producer Mark's trying to call him, and he's not picking up the phone. So, obviously, we're not going to have him, uh, at least at this moment. Well, you know, if he does, in fact, join us. But I was just thinking over things to talk to him about. There is a lot of intrigue with the NFL this year. 800-321-0710. I mean, as always, there's intrigue. But in particular, this year, you got the nonsense anthem stuff, which I, I don't know about you. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the anthem stuff. I mean... I don't want to think about it. I want to watch the games. I want to enjoy the games and go on from there. I don't need to hear about who's sitting, who's kneeling, who's not, why it's happening, the dopey president, the you know dopey commissioner of the league. I don't care. I just want to watch the games. I want to enjoy football. And then that leads us to the NFL rule changes where the helmet hit is going to be a big-time issue. You know, no leading with the helmet or making contact with the helmet. That's going to be a problem that is going to ruin our enjoyment of these games probably week in, week out. I think there's a lot of intrigue in the NFC East. Can Eli Manning bounce back? Will the Giants, you know, be a threat there as they about to, uh, they're about to start their season or preseason, we should say. And for more information, we were able to reach, uh, Clark Judge, who joins us now, Clark of the Talk of Fame Network. You know, Clark, I want to start with the anthem stuff as I was just talking about here. It kind of ruined some of the enjoyment last year for certain fans. You think it's going to be a big deal this year with the NFL, as big a deal? To me, it didn't seem like they did the right thing to make it go away. How do you think the anthem rule and all that is going to have an impact on this year's NFL season? Well, it depends on you know who responds to it and how they respond to it. Honestly, I thought what fueled it last year was the president's tweeting, um, and that just got people fired up and got some players fired up. And, um, and honestly, I wasn't sure – and I'm not sure they were sure what they were protesting at that point. Were they protesting him? Were they protesting civil um, uh, unrest, uh, social action? What were they protesting? Um, and and so at some point, it really kind of got lost there. And then it died down. And once again, then the NFL brings it back at the owners' meetings, becomes an issue. The president gets involved again. And so now we have uh, people taking stands on it. I, I think it really, as I said, I, I think the best thing for both sides to do at this juncture is to just let this thing try and subside. I know the NFL and the NFLPA are trying to work on something here, but um, it's going to go away. To me, it was going away last year until uh, President Trump got involved, and then it came back and became an issue again. So, as I said, that's why I really want to see how um, it's handled, who responds, and how they respond. So, yeah. um, I, I'll give you a TBA on that, I guess. Yeah, no, it's fine. I just wanted to bring it up. I mean, look, I don't... I. I, I... It's annoying. I mean, you want to watch the games and enjoy it as a fan. You're right. The president made it worse, but the league doesn't know how to handle it. And then now it's just an ongoing story. And if one player says one thing, that becomes a story with or against. I mean, Dak Prescott doesn't, it doesn't matter who it is. One player, that's all it takes for it to become a story. I just wish it would go away. Yeah. and, And unfortunately, it won't. I mean, that's the story. It won't because of just what you said. Uh, we go to camps, media goes to camps, and they ask people about it, and someone responds, and that becomes a story, and then someone responds to that story. So it just stands out there. And then, unfortunately, as I said, when um, when these tweets get involved, uh, it seems to sort of throw gasoline on the fire and make it worse. Uh, I think 
for all parties, the best thing to do is sort of move forward and, and, and try to concentrate on the game. I'm not saying it's not important, um, but I think for all parties, in, in, including um, the president of the United States, it's just to let's let's kind of concentrate on bigger things like maybe peace in the Mideast or something like that. Agreed. The president has bigger fish to fry or should. Yeah, and and I'm not saying that they shouldn't protest or have a right. I'm not saying that either. I'm with you. I, I just I just let's, I want to just enjoy the game. I mean, enough yeah, about it. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I understand the right to do. I will say this, however. You know, um, I think the idea that, that if, if you stay in the locker room, to me, the NFL should just say that. Just stay in the locker room. Just stay in the locker room. We'll bring you out like we used to after the National Anthem. That, to me, solves the whole thing. But, um, you know, when, when you're out on the field, um, from my vantage point, you, you're working. You're an employee. I'm your employer if I'm an owner. And if I say, listen, when you're out on the field, I'd like you to behave in a certain way, I think that's my right. It's also your right to say, no, I don't want to do it. Okay, then, then that's fine. Go work someplace else. But to me, you can do it. You can say and, and, and do what you want, just not on company time. And when you're out on the field, it's company time. So um, I, I understand both sides to this. But uh, I don't think we've heard the last of it, unfortunately. But um, I think a lot of people are with you on this. Talking with Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network, covers the NFL, been covering the NFL for a very long time. How about the new rule change? I mean, let's move on from the anthem, right, the start of the game, and then we get into the game, and the more headaches and aggravation we're going to get by watching it with this new rule change, in particular, you know, obviously the helmet. Uh, maybe explain the rule. Boy, I'm, as we speak, I'm watching the Giants game, a vicious hit from a Cleveland defender leading with the helmet. Yeah, I mean, it's basically lowering the head. I mean, um, you know, this... this this helmet, you're using your head uh, to lead with your head for tackling. Um, they want to take that out of the game. And so um, they, they put in a rule that, to me, is going to be very hard to adjudicate. And, and I watched that preseason game with Baltimore um, and Chicago, and, and I saw a couple of times when a guy lowered his head and made the tackle, and, okay, now he's penalized. And then you saw that, I think, one where the running back, I think it was a running back, and, and uh, tackled both lowered their heads, and neither one was penalized. I don't understand it. I don't know that anyone else understands it. I don't know how you coach it. I mean, certainly going to try to coach arm tackling more. I think that's a good idea. Uh, I like watching rugby. Rugby, they arm tackle. Um, I think there should be more of that. But um, I don't know how this is going to impact the game other than it's going to have a huge effect because you're not sure when it's going to be called and when it's not going to be called. I mean, there's a possibility you can get tossed for this, too. Um, and when would that happen? I think the referees are, and the officials are in a very difficult position because this is a huge huge game changing uh rule change and um and and it's going to take some time getting to get used to not just for fans but for officials i i think it's gonna be very tough for them to uh make the calls but they said and i saw this is um you know i i heard this and then i saw it where they say listen when it comes uh to sort of a gray area we're going to err on the side of making the call so we're going to throw the penalty uh, rather than go in any other direction. I mean, you're talking... The whole thing's done in the interest of trying to, um, obviously, try to with head trauma and trying to spare um, some of these players head trauma. I, I get it. It's about safety, but I mean, you're talking about a rule change that is literally going to impact every single play. Oh, I mean, on every sure. play, oh. there's, there's, there's contact, there's tackles. I mean, well, it, it's going to be a big problem. How about that we're talking about offensive linemen, not just leading with your head? Well, you know what? Then you better get in a two-point stance. I mean, they all lead with their head. I, I, I don't I understand the idea of safety, but this is going in a huge direction, the opposite way. And I understand it. I understand the intention. I'm not so sure I would have taken that quantum leap, but um, I know that coaches were all in favor of it. Coaches were in favor of it. So let's just see how it works out. I do would, I, I do think and I would like to see more arm tackling. The tackling is terrible in football lately. Hmm. Um, and, and I'm not talking about just the last couple of years. I think in recent years. Um, and so let's bring it back. But 
um, this is a this this is a big deal because you're going to be watching games going. Why did my player get penalized? I don't understand that. He he he's been doing this for years. Why did he get penalized? You're going to have to start retraining some of your players, maybe some of your best players. Just what fans needed, more reason to be aggravated as they watch their <laughs> team. Right. We're talking with Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network, covering the NFL. All right, so we sift through the NFL anthem. We sift through the new rules. We try to sit down and enjoy now the actual sport and see who's going to do what <laughs> this year. Let's start in the uh, in New York, Clark, being in New York here. Start with the Jets. Sam Darnold, you think he's the real deal? You think he starts week one for this team? I, I, I do. Um because the Jets need a shot in the arm. I mean, if he doesn't, you open with, let's say you open with McCown and come in with Darnold and, and, and give him a shot there. I, um, I, like, I like Darnold. Um, I loved him at USC two years ago. Last year, not so much. I think he gives you someone to believe in, um, and I think he gives the fans a reason to go to games. Um, I think it's, you know, th- this isn't a, a team that's going to challenge the Patriots for the top spot in the division. No, I mean, there's no team in that division that's going to do that. But, Give people a reason to go see them. Darnold was, to me, the best quarterback coming out, most ready to come out. Um, and he was, was in a pro-style offense. He's got a great arm. Uh, again, two years ago, I looked at him and said, if he came out now, he'd be the number one pick. And then we saw what happened last year, a lot of turnovers, mistakes, that sort of thing. And, and there was, listen, there, there were some reasons. They had some changes there at USC. But um, I, I, I love this guy. I think he, I think he is the real deal. Um, but, you know, I've been wrong before on him. I, I, I would like to see him start and, and just stay in there. And if you're going to start him, you better stay with him. Don't sit him down, bring him back, sit him down, stay with him. All right, let's try to do a little rapid fire. I know I don't want to keep you forever here, but I do want to try to get to a bunch of different things around the league, even being as early as it is. Um, Andrew Luck, what type of – how's his health? What type of season you expect from Andrew Luck? You know, I, I, his health seems to be okay. Uh, I think he needs to play and play a lot in preseason. He hasn't taken a snap in over 500 days. Uh, what do I expect from him? I don't really expect great things from him because he's been gone for a long time. Shoulder surgery is a big deal. Um, and their defense isn't very good. I mean, they really don't have much in the uh, backside. They really don't have much on that side of the ball, sec- in, in the, uh, not just the secondary, the defense. I think he's going to struggle a little bit. He'll be a good quarterback. I once thought he'd be a great quarterback. I'm not so sure anymore. Interesting, though. You look at that division. That division's loaded. I mean, Tennessee, a playoff it, team last year. We know what Jacksonville yep. did. Houston with Deshaun Watson yep. coming back healthy. Uh, that's a, that's got to be one of the better divisions in the league, right? At least going into the season. Yeah, not just Deshaun Watson. I mean, J.J. Watt, you, you look at that. They get a lot of injured players back. And you would hope Watt would be the player he was several years ago. Again, I'm not so sure about that. Those are serious injuries he had. But getting Deshaun Watson back, you saw them before he got hurt. They were a different team. A different team, and I think he'd be voted for any team to go from worst to first in their division. They might get the most votes, but yeah, you're right. It suddenly looks like a really, really good division. To me, Jacksonville and Houston are, are, are the premier teams in that division. I think Tennessee's third, and then I look at uh, Indianapolis as probably being a distant fourth, unless somehow Andrew Luck can recapture the magic. Talking about Clark Judge covers the NFL for Talk of Fame Network. How about the West? Kansas City won it last year. High hopes for the Chargers this year, who had a good year last year. John Gruden in the mm-hmm. division. Denver, obviously, off a down year. They could be dangerous. How do you see the West shaking out? I think it's a wide-open scramble. I mean, most people are, are leaning towards San Diego. I covered that team for years, and it finally, got. I just got used to saying, I'm not going to pick them anymore, okay, because they don't win the division. <laughs> they find a way to disappoint yourself. Um, but I do think they're the best team in that division. It's about time Philip Rivers gets to, I'd love to say, the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, he's been in one conference championship game. If you cover that team or around them, you root for this guy. He's not only a terrific player, just a great guy to be around. They've got talent. They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. To me, the Chargers are the most 
a depth team in that division. But as I said, I, I, I got tired of picking them. So uh, take, your, take your shot at any of the others. Not going to be Oakland. But um, Kansas City, would you believe in Mahomes? I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they're rolling out, which is a virtual rookie at quarterback. I know he played a game last year. But um, that's going to be tough. I, I, I mean, I, I don't distrust Andy Reid. But it somewhat reminds me of when he switched. Maybe the switch at um, Philadelphia when we switched him. McDab to uh, Michael Vick, and Vick had come back, obviously, from the, the big house. And, and uh, so they went to the playoffs, and they were 10-6, but they were never the same, and they didn't win a playoff game. They were never the same. I'm really curious to see how this one works out. This kid's got a lot of talent, but he has no experience. Let's go over to the NFC. NFC East, I know people, for, well, locally, they have high expectations for the Giants, rebuild yeah. offensive line, Saquon Barkley, healthy Odell. I think it comes down to Eli, though. I'm not so sold. And I think the, I think the skins are going to be good with Alex Smith. Dallas should be decent. Obviously, the defending champs. What do you think that the, what kind of season are you looking at for the Giants? I'm not sold that they're going to be a playoff team this year. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, you're talking about the AFC South. The NFC East is loaded because I do think the Giants are on their way back. Hmm. Um, playoff team, I don't know, but it's funny. We had my wife is a, what his father was a uh, 50 year season ticket holder for the Giants, and she's a diehard Giants fan. And she just asked me about them. And I, before uh, I got on the air, I said, the X factor to me is Eli Manning. You know, he's still back there. I mean, you, you've got Saquon Barkley, you've got a rebuild offensive line. Can you protect him with that? Can he cut down on the mistakes? The defense, what, what's that 3 4 front going to look like? Um, I think they're intriguing. I, I mean, I'm a Saquon Barkley believer. I think he can take the heat off. But how much do you trust Eli Manning? This isn't the same quarterback that won Super Bowls in 2007 and 2011. How much do you trust him? And, and I don't know that I trust him enough to say, yeah, he's going to rebound and take him to the Super Bowl, or no, he's going to take him to the playoffs. Um, I look at Dallas, um, you know, where are the playmakers, Ezekiel Elliott, and, and then what? Um, Dak Prescott wasn't quite the same quarterback last year. Um, Philadelphia, of course, I mean, Philadelphia's loaded. You'd, you'd have to pick Philadelphia. You'd say everyone else is playing for second. I think it's a scramble. I don't think Washington's going to be as good as you might think. Alex Smith is a winner. But um, the Giants, to me, are the most intriguing threat to Philadelphia. Yeah, interesting. I mean, look, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because all those teams have the potential to at least be decent yes. teams. Right. Um, so right. see how it shakes out. You know, the the X factor to me in the NFC, and it's, I do this every year, is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if if Rodgers is fully healthy, I always pick the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, if not win it. I feel like at some point he's going to get another one. Is this the year? Are the Packers built well enough around him, or is it just going to be you know another one of those years, lost years for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers? No, I think they're built well enough around him and you look at you know the team in that division was Minnesota last year was a dominant team in that division I think they were defending team I think Minnesota is going to do what it did last year so who takes their place well you'd have to say it's going to be Green Bay but as you're right it's the X factors can you keep this guy healthy he's not Sam Bradford but he has been hurt in the past and and they're a completely different team as New England is with Brady with Aaron Rodgers. Brady doesn't get hurt like Aaron Rodgers does. I mean, Brady missed one year with a knee, but um, I think with Rodgers, yes, I think they get to the playoffs. Do they get to the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I think you have to look for someone other than Philadelphia only because you say the odds are that it's going to be somebody else. Could it be Philadelphia? Sure. But I think the Rams are loaded. I really think the Rams are loaded. Um, if all those playmakers on defense can get along, if they start to get out in front, I think they're good front runners. If they aren't, you could ask them dissension in the locker room, but uh, the Rams are loaded, and that's a team to watch. San Francisco's an interesting team to me, too. That would take a huge leap for them, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the, the guy that we saw in those last five games last year, if he is, 
they're going to be a dangerous team. So I think those are some clubs to uh, keep your eye on. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about those two specifically so we can move on from that. But you answered the question about the Rams being loaded, and I was going to ask you about Jimmy G. The Niners would be the one team I would look to maybe make a threat based off of what I saw last year, but still early to tell uh, how good they're going to be. How about the NFC South, Clark? I happen to be a Falcons fan, so I'm familiar with them and that division. <laughs> uh, it's a nasty division. I mean, you would expect the Bucks to be better, but who knows? They were supposed to be good last year. Saints were terrific a year ago. Falcons kind of had a down year. Carolina's always a threat. Um, give me your take on the on the loaded NFC cell. Yeah, it is loaded. I mean, Falcons may have had a down year, but they got to the playoffs, and they beat who? The Rams in L.A. Yep. Um, but, um, yeah. The, and, and, by the way, they almost beat the Eagles. Uh, I mean, almost. if they played a cleaner game, they, they could have taken the Eagles in Philadelphia. Gave them a much better game than yeah. Minnesota did. But um, you're absolutely right. A, intriguing and loaded division. Um, I think the team that has my interest is New Orleans to be honest with you, because New Orleans should have been in the conference championship game. They should have been in that freak play, and all of a sudden you go from on your way to Philadelphia, packing your bags to Philadelphia to going home for the year. Um, that's a team that's got a lot of weapons, um, and they've got Drew Brees. Now, the window's closing, but I think there's a sense of urgency there. They played very well last year. They were better defensively last year. They suddenly had a revitalized game, that the running game that took the heat off of Drew Brees. I'm interested in them. I think Atlanta. I, I, I agree with that. Atlanta's a team that'll vie for the champ, that that title, that uh, division championship. But I would take New Orleans. New Orleans would be my first pick because they're one step away last year from the championship game. And I and as I said, I do think they were a better team at that juncture than Minnesota. Minnesota caught lightning in a bottle. More power to them. But you saw what happened in the conference championship game. Philadelphia would have had trouble. I think against New Orleans. Clark, I was really enjoying this interview until you told me the Saints. <laughs> the, the hated Aints are going to win the NFC South. You know, uh, I'm not saying they're going to win, but <laughs> up right in. And they've done, the, they've done what the Giants are trying to do. They protected him with a terrific running attack. And you saw the weapons he had last year. Um, I, I like what, what's happening there. I mean, certainly Sean Payton has been to a Super Bowl, so is Drew Brees. They know what that's like. Um, but they've got, they've got a lot of weapons there. And they, as again, as I said, they had the experience of going in the playoffs last year and almost getting there. I think that will help them and serve them well this year because they realize we were better than we were with the way we finished last year. We've got something to prove this year, and I think they're on a mission, and um, I think you may see the results. Thanks for your time, Clark. I appreciate it. It was a fun spot. Look forward to having you on at some point again during the season. Yeah, thank you. Clark, Jard, uh, Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network. We'll take a break, get your calls, Mets calls, Yankees, uh, NFL. Saquon Barkley, of course, gets the first touch of the season for the Giants. What does he do with it? 39-yard run for Big Blue, led to a field goal. They have a 3 nothing lead over the Brownies, uh, eight minutes to go in the first quarter in that one. But Saquon Barkley, certainly impressive. I'm sure getting Giant fans everywhere excited with his first touch of this preseason. No score in the Yankee game. John Carl Stanton just went down swinging uh, that one early on. We'll keep you updated on all that's happening. Take it on 9 o'clock. Pair of Mets tickets giveaway as well. Your call's next. 800-321-0710. 1-800-321-0710. It's Sal Akata in the Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Oh, it's fun to go around the league with Clark Judge. Pair of Mets tickets give away within the next hour or so. 800 is the number to call. Yanks, 
uh, have a two-run lead on the Rangers' bottom one. Did not see how they got it. Uh, the Giants have a 3 nothing lead over the Browns, so lots actually going on around us here. Talking to Clark got me pumped up for the NFL season. Bunch of uh, games uh, taking place right now. The Dolphins losing 6 nothing. if you happen to care about that team. Uh, I know a lot of people in this area do. That's why we're having some fun with them. For the Yanks, um, they got their two runs. Aaron Hicks, again, Aaron Hicks, with the, I think that's his 20th home run of the year. Two-run shot for him. Man, he is a good player. I'll tell you, I'd love to have Aaron Hicks on my team. Yeah, guy plays excellent defense, switch hitter, hits with some power. Yanks at return home after sweeping the White Sox. They have a 2 nothing lead, Hap on the mound, and he makes his return from uh, from the DL. Obviously, he's got to um, you know get back to being, or at least not get back to, but do the job that the Yankees thought he would do when they traded for him, and kind of stabilize that rotation, um, and you know give provide some veteran presence in there every fifth day. A um, couple of different things that we could get to. Off of Clark Judge and the NFL stuff, I wanted to mention Hard Knocks. I watched it the other night. Pete and I touched on it a little bit yesterday. Some observations, though, would be alarming, and I didn't take the time. I wanted to get to other stuff uh, with Clark about this. I didn't get to the Browns. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson would concern me if I am a Browns fan. I like Hugh. He seems like a very likable guy. He just doesn't seem like he has the... I don't know. I don't want to say authority. That maybe is not the right word, but he's too soft. And I think that's going to be an issue with Baker Mayfield because I mentioned yesterday, you know, there was a scene in Hard Knocks where Hugh was basically asking Baker what time he gets to the practice facility. And Baker's like, oh, well, you know, I was a little late today, you know, kind of nervous. And he was like, no, no, I mean, what time in general? Oh, you know, it depends on what the day is. Usually I get here two hours or so before. Um, and he was saying, well, do you get here with Tyrod Taylor, who was the Browns' starting quarterback, who's there before anybody else, 5 a.m. doing his workouts, whatever. And Baker Mayfield went on to say, well, he does his separate workouts and things like that. And he was basically trying to push him into saying, well, you should, you should follow his lead. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be here that early. And Baker just didn't, he didn't seem to get it. Now, I'm not saying he never will. I'm not saying because of that he's going to be a bust. But I did see some immaturity in Baker Mayfield. And what I saw in Hugh Jackson was a lack of, yeah, maybe authority is the right word. I mean, he didn't really want to lay down the law. He's too friendly. He's too kind with these players. Now, that's going to lead to good relationships. Seems like he has one with Josh Gordon, who, if you're not familiar with Josh Gordon, the Browns' big-time receiver who's had substance abuse issues for years. He can never stay, uh, never play on, on any Sunday because he's always being suspended for um, you know substance abuse things. And Tyrod Taylor just threw a touchdown, looks like, for the Browns as they marched right down the field against that big blue 3-4 defense. Anyway... Um, you know, Josh Gordon not at the start of training camp because he's dealing with personal stuff and he was texting Hugh Jackson. And so they seem to have a nice relationship. Hugh seems like a great guy and he's a good football coach. But as a head coach, I feel like you need to instill more discipline and be a little harsher with these players. And in the first episode of Hard Knocks, those were my two big observations was that Baker Mayfield showed a little immaturity and Hugh Jackson did not show enough authority and you know harsh leadership 
as an NFL head coach. Now you could say, oh, in today's day and you know day and age with today, oh, all the players like to be treated you know with kid gloves. We joke around about the Mickey stuff, and he wants to love everybody like they've never been loved before. Maybe that works in today's game. Uh, I don't know, but I would not believe in Hugh Jackson after seeing. Um, the initial episode of Hard Knocks. We'll see how it happens uh, as it goes on. But regardless of what I believe or not, the Browns looking uh, pretty good there. Tyrod Taylor throwing a touchdown pass. David Njoku, is that how you say his name? I believe the tight end. Um, give me credit for even trying to say that uh, for the Browns. So they have a 7-3 lead. Giants offense will come back out there. You get another look. I would think it's Saquon Barkley, although he may not be in the game uh, at the moment. But either way, the NFL is slowly coming back. Preseason tonight, Jets tomorrow. You get the Jets and Falcons, so we can get into that uh, a little bit. We will do just that, as a matter of fact, in depth at 8.05 as we look ahead to Sam Darnold's debut in a Jet uniform in games that matter. Enough of this preseason stuff or training camp stuff where everybody's talking about um, all the interceptions and the time. Who cares? It's training camp. I don't care. I want to see the game. I barely care about the stats in the preseason, but I'd like to see him actually in game action against an opponent, against another team. They'll get to do that tomorrow night when the Jets take on the Falcons. So we have that to look forward to. We'll also do uh, MLB nicknames. We'll do the nicknames coming up next. Your calls as well. 800-321-0710. Mets, Yanks, football, whatever it is you feel like talking about. It's me in the sports zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York. 710-WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710. We'll give away a pair of Mets tickets next hour. Doing this baseball weekend again, this nickname stuff uh, on the back of the jersey. As a matter of fact, last year I was actually in Washington and checking out the Mets and the Nats when they were wearing these uh, the nickname jerseys. So MLB has the, what do they call Players Week, I guess, where they have uh, everybody gets to wear their nickname on the back of their jerseys and maybe different other things. I forget what it was, cleats and stuff like that. Anyway, we have the list of names of the nicknames that are going to be back uh, or on the back of the jerseys. Some of it doesn't matter because they're going to be hurt. But, I mean, this this whole thing to me is, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it whatsoever. And then I'm reading over some of the nicknames, and I hate it even more. The only guy, as I scroll through the names, and this is why you love him, and I love him even more after this, the only guy who doesn't have one, I believe, is DeGrom. It's just, it says under his, quotes DeGrom. So that's it. Doesn't need to be nickname or anything like that. Just goes out there as the best pitcher in baseball every fifth day. No cute nickname, no nonsense, doesn't care about the attention, doesn't care about any of that garbage. Just go out there and light it up. As he's done. Wheels, D-dub for David Wright. I mean, Wright's allowed to do that. He's been around forever. Thor. Uh, Anthony Swarzak, where does he get off having a nickname? I mean, come on. T-Sweezy? What are you kidding me? Anthony Swarzak, I mean, a guy can't stay healthy, and even if he does, he can't produce. Uh, he can't get out of an inning clean. He's going to have fun and try to have a nickname on the back of it. Maybe I'm being old man about it and cranky. I just I don't like the nickname nonsense. Um, Rosario, you remember from last year. El Nino. Uh, let's see. Anybody else interesting on here? Plaw Dog, Kevin Plawecki. Your favorite players is great. Who? Darno? Yeah, Yeah, we'll get to that one. Uh, Mezzarocco has a decent one. Rocco. I could, uh, I could see that. Uh, oh, and you know what? Montero, I misspoke. Montero is the other guy who has just Montero. I even forgot about Rafael Montero, so I just saw this. Nemo goes with Nims. Matsy. 
JT for Jeff McNeil. All right, Ajax, Austin Jackson. I like Austin Jackson. He's done a nice job this year. G-Man for Gazelman. Oh, Todd Father. Hey, uh, Producer Mark, can you look up what Wilmer Flores means? Cat? Sure. What, is, what is that? Am I Catire? I thought for sure it would be cinder blocks on the back of his jersey. You know, in honor of the cinder blocks that he plays with that are attached to his feet every day. Um, yeah, and as producer Mark was talking about before, um, the best one is Travis Darno. Now, I'll keep this clean, but I'm just reading it here. Darno's is Lil D. L-I-L space D. Not sure if there's one more fitting than that. Do you have a, um, did you figure out what Flores means? Like a blonde? Huh? Blonde is the, uh, the what it means in Spanish, in, in English. C-A-T-I-R-E. That means blonde in Spanish? Blonde, yes. That's his nickname? I, I don't I don't get it. Um, anyway, I just, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I'm a fan of DeGrom for going against the trend. It's just, I don't know, it's silly to me. It's childish. That's what we're trying to do. That's what Major League Baseball is trying to do to get young fans involved. You have a problem with the producer, Mark? I have no problem with Little D. I, uh, that's, look, that's, those are your own issues there, uh, producer Mark. I just don't like the, I don't know, I, I can't they just, it's bad enough, because you know what it is, the whole, it's not even to try to get the game more interesting for, for youth, it's to sell jerseys, they want to sell these stupid things, and that, it's about making money, can't they just, the alternate uniforms are bad enough. You have to have an alternate or two alternates. Can't you just go out there and wear the jersey of the team? I mean, a home pinstripe or home white and the road grays. That's it. I could deal with the occasional alternate jersey. Got to have the nicknames on it for a weekend. I don't know. It bothers me. I don't know why. Do you not see the fun in anything? No, I don't. Maybe not. Do the Yankees have this too? Of course. Do you have the list of their nicknames? I can pull it up for you. Yeah, please let me see. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm shocked that the Yankees do it. So they actually, the Yankees actually wear names on the back of their jerseys, the nicknames on the back yeah, of their jerseys? Yeah, remember there was a whole fuss about it last year they had to wear names? I don't recall last year's fuss. But I'd be curious to see some of their names. And that's, come on. I mean, I guess for a weekend, what's the big deal? I'm just not a fan of it. I, I, I don't think it does anything to better the sport. I mean, they have the, this, this is the best idea they could come out. Forget about the pace of play and the actual game and shifts and strikeouts and lack of actual baseball players in the game and all the saber metrics and stats. Forget about fixing all that nonsense. Replay all that garbage. Let's put cute nicknames on the back of jerseys. You're going to love a couple of the Yankees ones. What do we got? There's ones like Ellsbury, Gardner, Bird, Judge. See, I respect them. I respect them more for doing that. Um, and Duhar is Papa. Mm. What's Didi, Sir Didi? I'm looking. Yeah, uh, Rojo for Frazier. It's uh, not uh, alphabetical. Right. The Knight is Didi. So the Knight, okay, it. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, whatever. I The Yankees, it's weird to even think about them wearing names on the back of their jerseys, but uh, I don't know. I mean, call me old uh, or traditionalist or no fun or angry radio boy, whatever you'd like. What I, about I, when the Mets play the Phillies in Williamsport? Are you okay with at least that game, them doing it? Is that the weekend that they're doing it? Yes, that's the whole point of it. 
What do you mean? What's the whole point of it? They it's did it less for, the, for little league kids, you know, to promote, you know, being childlike and that the game is for right. Kids. But then, so then, what's going to happen is you're going to. It's bad enough that these kids want to, you know, do bat flips and stuff like that. Then you're going to have these little league kids wanting to wear nicknames on the back of their jerseys. Like, you know, the NBA does this too. It's yeah, it's stupid. I don't get it's stupid. It's placating to these millennials who I can't stand. So you don't like me. I, if you're, are you a millennial? I'm 25. I, I don't know what that means, but I, then I don't like you. I don't like millennials who are about themselves. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me put this video on Twitter. Look at me on my Instagram or Snapchat. Oh, look at me. I can't get enough of myself, and I need to give myself to everybody else. Look at me. Hi. Hey, here's what I'm wearing. Here's what I'm doing. Oh, this is, this is my nickname. I mean, get, give me a break. I guess I'm going to stop promoting the show on, on social media and stuff. I hate social media i hate it and i'm very close my fingers are, are real close together i'm this close to quitting twitter it's the last thing that i i quit facebook about five six years ago i never even thought twice to get it back i started on instagram for a few months i deleted it about three four years ago never thought to get it back and Twitter's going to be next to go How i don't care yourself? 30 i'll be 39 next month i could have sworn you were 65 eh, maybe i'm, I'm t- i don't care Here's the difference. I don't I don't want to know. I don't care to show anything that I'm doing to anybody else and I don't want to know what you're doing. You keep what you're doing to yourself, I'll keep what I'm doing to myself. And let's call it even. It's it's a problem. I honestly want to get rid of my stupid smartphone. I'd rather go back to a flip phone or whatever and and just have a phone that actually dials people and that's that. I don't want to be trapped to it or feel like it's a, a crutch where I have to look at it every five minutes. I hate this stuff. I want to go back to the old days, the good old days. I don't know how we got from nicknames to this. Me neither. 800-321-0710. It's called filler. 800-321-0710. Mets tickets to give away your calls. Update you on the Giants and the Yankees. Uh, Davis Webb looks to be in the game for Big Blue at the moment. They still trail 7-3, so we'll give you up-to-date stuff with the Giants and obviously with the Yankees taking on the Rangers. All that and more. We'll do Jets exclusively at 8.05 with Andy Vasquez of the record. Uh, Get a look into Sam Darnold and company ahead of their first preseason game tomorrow night at home against the Atlanta Falcons. 800-321-0710. It's a sports zone with little old me, the old curmudgeon, Sal Licata, filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Browns driving, Baker Mayfield leading the way as they have a 7-3 lead on the Giants. I believe it's the second quarter there. Yanks have a 2-0 lead over the Rangers, headed to the third inning. Bob and the Poconos wants to know about Mickey Calloway moving forward, don't you, Bob? Well, yes, but first I want to say this. Sal, you sound terrific. I see you all the time on on, uh, SNY. This is really the first or second time, maybe the third or fourth, that I've heard you on OR. You sound terrific. I'd like to hear more of you on OR. Thank you, Bob. Uh, I would, too. <laughs> Bob, now, Uncle Bob? You. Uncle Bob, is that you? No. Uh, that's not Uncle Bob. Yeah. Anyway, let me ask you something. Mickey Calloway, does he survive a new Met front office? It sounds like that's going to be the case, Bob. The latest reports were, and I think this was either earlier in the week or the end of last week, that uh, Calloway's going to be back next year, regardless of who the new GM is going to be, at least to start the year. What do you think the chances of the new GM is Omar? 
Um, I think there's a possibility, uh, but a small possibility. Would you be okay with that, Bob, or you'd rather go somewhere I'd, else? I'd be I'd be more than okay with it. Yeah, he he was embarrassing on his way out the first time, but uh, it's years ago now, and I think he probably learned some things since then. I think the guy's a great evaluator evaluator of talent, and I would love to see him back leading the New York Mets. Yeah, interesting, Bob. Thank you for the call, and more importantly, thank you for the kind words. Uh, look, I'm looking for an agent currently, and if you uh, are available, maybe we can work something out. Uh, I like Manaya. I do believe he's got an eye for talent. I'd rather have him in that role than be the GM again. I do think, though, they could do worse than Omar. At least with Omar. You know, again, to me, it's you know what you're getting with Omar. His weakness, though, was dealing with the media, um, and I'm, I'm not so sure that that's improved. I don't even know if that's something that Omar's interested in. I think Omar might be satisfied with his role, maybe have a little more say. Um, other than just being, you know, a scout or, you know, try to bring in talent. Look, I got to be honest with you. I have no idea what they're going to do. I've heard certain things. I've heard it's not going to be Rico. I've heard Omar doesn't want it, but that Omar is very close and has the ear of ownership. And, you know, he's going to be, um, regardless of who they bring in, Omar is going to have great influence on this franchise and the moves that they make, which I don't have a big problem with, but I, I just, it just doesn't seem well-organized to me. It doesn't seem well-structured to me. You know, you have a guy in Rico who's been with the organization for years, worked his way up. They don't even name him interim GM. They have to go with a three-headed monster. Fine. But if that's the case, then just blow everybody. If you don't love Rico and don't believe he's the guy, then why would you keep him on in the role that he's on? Just get rid of everybody. Bring in a new GM and let him assess who he wants here or not moving forward. Omar would be an interesting name for sure because of all that went down here. And I think the fans, like yourself, Bob, would want to get behind Omar because they think maybe he can convince ownership to go out there and get the big free agents, a la Manny Machado. Because when Omar was here last time, that's exactly what he did. I mean, the Mets are, you know, Beltran... Pedro, you know they got Del, they brought Delgado. I mean, they were loaded. That's how a team should look. So maybe that's why the Met fans favor Omar. And and look, you know when Omar gets fired, everybody wanted him out, couldn't stand him. And then years later, they go to the World Series. Don't credit Alderson. Give all the credit to Omar. So now in three, four years, when the players that the Alderson regime drafted, when they start to develop, are you going to give credit to, to Sandy? You know, sometimes it takes years to figure out what you have with some of these young players and what the farm system looks like. It's not always what it is right now, what it appears to be. I guess if you ask me one way or another, I'd probably rather not have Omar back and have a fresh start. If you're not going to give it to Rico, just give give me a fresh start with all new faces. 800-321-0710. We'll do some Jets with Andy Vasquez of the record on the other side right now the news.